0: This brand new episode of Walk La Mile podcast, The Greg and Michelle Show, is brought to you by We Cook. We Cook brings you healthy meals and prepared fresh, delivered right to your home every week. And they give you, listeners of Walk La Mile, $50 off with promo code MILE50. M-I-L-E so, MILE50. M-I-L-E you go on We Cook Meals ca you order and you get fifty dollars off by listening to this podcast enjoy this brand new episode folks have fun what is up people it's been what 10 months since yeah. we haven't come with a new episode 10 11 9 months anyway um yeah so we decided to take a hiatus on this Podcast, but we are back in 2021. Michelle and I were missing uh recording episodes together. We certainly, I mean, we were not in a fight, we were still talking every week, still having fun. But uh here we are, and uh, as you could probably see, we renamed this podcast um from this Japanese saying Nankuru Naisa to something that's uh uh easier to say. Walk a mile, and uh, Michelle. Hi, how are you?
1: I am very good, thank you. How are you? I'm great.
0: I'm great. Thanks. Uh, even though it's winter and uh, we're kind of this Blue Monday week now, uh, I feel thing, I feel okay? great. I. Huh? It's
1: not a, Blue Monday is not a thing. It's just something that people like to talk about. But yeah. I we see. have
0: a great winter. We're I mean here in in Quebec, uh in my opinion, we have a great winter. Oh, yeah. uh, we're lucky. Uh there is p- still plenty of outdoor sports we can do outdoor activities. Um Michelle, why did we change this name from Nankurunaisa to Wakla Mile? Where does it come from?
1: Um well, Nankurunaisa is a great name. It's just that it's not in the right language. <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> um none is about is a saying that um after research i fell in love with because it basically means that everything is going to be okay if you put your efforts at the right place right where you if you if you want something and you put in the efforts and uh, you work hard and you're patient and you let things kind of go, um, things are going to be okay. So, um, right, one of the objectives we have with this podcast is to get to understand what's behind people's successes and, and people's situations. So we often idolize people for uh, what they've achieved, but we don't know who they are and why they've achieved these things. So um, that is the mandate of this podcast is to get to understand the why behind these people's successes. What is it about them that has made them uh, become the person they are? Um, and so, um, walk the mile is kind of a little, um, uh, it's a little, uh, like we say in the Franklish, it's a clin day to walking yeah. a mile a man, in a man's shoes, but with a little touch of Franklish, right? Where we, we understand that we're in an area that's very, um, it's bilingual, so, um, Le is uh, the in, in French. Yeah. And so we decided to opt for a, 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 the new title, Walk Le Mile or Walk Le Mile.
0: Yeah, Walk Le Mile. I, I, I love it. And a mile is also a very important benchmark in uh, the fitness industry. Either you're running or you're a CrossFitter. A yeah. lot of people will ask you, what's your What's your mile? Uh, So, yeah, and it's one of my fitness goals for 2021, get a mile under five minutes. I still don't know if I'm going to be able to sustain these five minutes of hell. Uh, Anyway, for the first episode, which is not a real first episode, but first episode of 2021 and under this new uh, brand, quote unquote, we have a gentleman who goes by the name of Paul Tremblay or Paul Tremblay for the French people uh, listening. Paul is a v- overall nice dude. And um, I mean, the guy has been always some kind of, you know, big name here in the, the I, I called him in another interview I did with him. I, I said he was one of the OGs of Canada East. Uh, back in the day, I remember my first competition, I was I was looking up to this guy and I was like, man, if I can be like Paul Tremblay and have some kind of his numbers, which I never achieved to. Uh, <laughs> and I remember in my first ever individual competition. He came to me and say, hey, man, you're crushing it, dude. Keep on doing that. I was like, holy shit. Paul Tremblay just thinks I'm crushing it. So anyway um you know the guy a lot more than i do since you've competed with him on team canada you've yeah. competed alongside him at the crossfit games yeah. is there any stories you can uh you can tell tell us about uh, you and paul and
1: well paul and i go way back like you said and and i just love paul it's always a pleasure when he's around he's so positive he's so fun like um paul i met paul at regionals back in 2000 like 12 I think I remember him coming to me and saying like whoa man like you're Michelle Etan and I was like whoa like he always put so much importance on on who I was and I, I was he was so nice you know and uh like you said like Paul and I competed together on we competed together like uh at the games in 2014 it was his first year and and you know we spoke french and stuff like that we were from the same region so we we became close and throughout the games we kind of talked and stuff like that and and then and then um uh following that we competed at the at the canada uh, as team canada um in san jose and that was super super fun having paul on your team is just he would die for you he will literally die for the team so it's always been super fun and then on top of that after our competitive careers and stuff uh Paul and I did our level 2 together he, um we'll hear later on in the podcast that he talks about uh, looking up to Austin Maliolo but i remember the moment he he heard Austin Maliolo talk at a level 2 seminar and i and and i remember that weekend because both of us applied to be on the level 1 seminar staff after that weekend and he just went full on um so Paul is such a charismatic guy and everyone that meets him just loves him. So it's hard not to, to fall for Paul.
0: And I mean, his track record speaks for himself. He qualifies for the games. The next year he's at the demo team. Uh, I mean, I think he's pretty close with Dave Castro and he's been pretty close for years. And uh, I mean, the, 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 this, I think he was probably the first guy from Canada East to go in the States and train for a while with, Uh, Rich Froning and his crew at Mayhem and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, everybody loves Paul. And uh, I think our listeners are going to be very happy to hear these stories about this guy. By the way, uh, why we're having Paul right now is because A, the open is coming. Uh, I I feel that this has been the saying in my life for the past 10 years, but (laughs) the open is coming. Still in 2021. And um, also, Paul has just been... Uh, promoted or named as uh, Canada's country manager for CrossFit uh, Inc, CrossFit LLC, CrossFit HQ. I don't even know how to name them anymore, but uh, Paul is going to take care of the community here, make it grow and uh, represent the sport in Canada. And I think that he was the right man for the job. It's a pretty good news for everyone here in Canada.
1: Yeah, I think so. He's easy to talk to. And like I said, charismatic, it's hard not to like him.
0: All right, Michelle. So let's uh, get on to this interview with Paul Tremblay. And uh, we're going to talk soon on another episode and see how our, both our fitness and our goals for 2021 are doing. Let's do it. Enjoy Paul Tremblay, everyone. I was just saying Paul is like the real life version of agent Ethan Hunt. Agent
2: and, Ethan Hunt. Let yeah. Me just and now, that real
0: quick. yeah, yeah. Both of them Googled it. I mean I didn't Jesus Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, guys. Okay. Mission Impossible? Does that ring a bell or something? I...
2: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Hawk. But, but that's a that's that could an accurate... be
0: another option. Like, I was sorry, we were too busy training to watch movies."
1: <laughs> we
0: don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm
1: pretty su- I'm pretty sure <laughs> this character was out before we were going to the gym. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, big oh, fan God. of Mission Impossible
1: too, though. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, well the the five is pretty good too. The last one, I mean, I thought uh, I thought uh, probably Tom Cruise was stretching it a little by still being uh, some kind of I don't know super agent that does uh, too many tricks for his fifty-something-year-old body. But uh, it was still pretty good, man. This guy uh, still rolls.
2: He's fit. He's fit.
0: Yeah, he's fit. Uh, so sp- speaking of 50-year-old buddies, how's everyone doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Michelle, you're muted.
1: I said every anyone over 30 listening to this podcast is, is like, whatever, they're not even old.
2: Uh definitely feel a little old sometimes, you know, but uh no the body's feeling great. I'm I'm not training for an Iron Man though, like uh like some of us <laughs> oh. are. So I'm not I'm not putting like three or four hours on a bike at a time. I just hit you know a good little anywhere between fifteen and forty <laughs> minutes and I'm all set. So yeah,
1: say here. Who who does three hours on a bike? Who says that I'm doing three hours? On a
0: bike? Oh, if you're training for an Ironman, Michelle, it's coming
1: is it? Uh, yeah I said to myself I said to myself that I will participate in Ironman with seven to nine hours of training a week maximum that's it
2: that is that's, uh... gonna, be, that's gonna be so insulting to so many people <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. It can't be the only one that does that
0: are you no. are you gonna wear a shirt saying that I, I only train nine hours a week for this so while you're Tra- passing training people
1: <laughs> trainings for losers
0: <laughs> that's
1: it <laughs> real men don't train
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah same here paul uh 15 to 40 minutes seems uh more than enough for me uh, i get bored after that i'm like yeah i'm too old for this shit <laughs> screw it yeah and uh, so i think ex- that's ex- that's,
2: that's a good point getting bored honestly i i like if i don't if i'm not on the clock if i don't gauge my rest in between my my workouts uh i just i literally get bored and i convince myself not to do other things so I have to write it on the whiteboard. And if it's not on the whiteboard, I'm not going to be like, oh, I finished the workout. Yeah, now I should squat or now I should work on this. No, no, no. Now I should go back inside and, and chill. <laughs> and do Ironman
1: training is the easiest, though, because everything is in my watch. So when I go out hmm. for a run, I press start and all my intervals are done in there. So I'm running and it says run at this pace. Okay. I run at this pace and then it's the next interval is rest that run at this pace. Okay. And it's the easiest training I've ever done. Not in terms of effort, but in terms of
2: structure, it's super easy.
0: Wow. Funny enough.
2: We should get that for CrossFit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That that could be, that could be cool.
2: For some reason
0: I I saw in my Facebook memories yesterday that I posted something last year. That's uh, uh, you know that famous meme. Like, do do people who run marathons know that they don't have to?
2: <laughs> and now, and now I'm
0: the, the the main sport I'm doing a year later with all these gym closures is actually running,
2: <laughs> and it's
0: the only thing I don't get bored doing for a long time. Like, if I yeah. go for a run with my girlfriend for I don't know forty five minutes an hour, I'm actually having fun, and I would have never thought uh, yeah. I would actually say that.
1: I was saying it's that a- to Paul the running is actually way easier when you're not doing CrossFit because you don't have to run fast.
2: (laughs) That's the best. That's the best. Cause still, still to this day, sometimes I'm just like, I'm just going to go out and I'm, I'm just going to go for a little stroll and then I'm five minutes in and I'm like, Oh man, I'm going really slow. And then I start telling myself that I should go faster because I'm slow. So, you know, (laughs) I, I, Hopefully one day I'll just get over that barrier and I can just literally leave my watch at home and just go for a nice little run. Yeah. it I takes was practice. Running
1: that. slow takes practice for real.
0: It, it, it's crazy when we're, when our brain are channeled into CrossFit running and we start just running for, for fun or for, I don't know, losing calories or whatever. And I was watching when I was judging Alex Caron at the last CrossFit games and in, what was it called, Nasty Nancy or something? Yeah. So when he was running, I was watching his splits and calculating how fast he was running into this workout, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's fit. He was still <laughs> crushing like a like a three fifty a kilometer pace while doing overhead squats at one eighty five and burpees. That's fast. Oh, the that's whole full yeah. workout, and I was like. Okay. I could never do that anymore. For sure. I, I, yeah. I would have never done well, that. My,
1: my question, Greg, is when were you able to do that?
0: When he, when he was actually running, because uh, <laughs> I was watching him run, which is uh, very cool to judge. Actually, the system was pretty, was pretty smart. They had to run on a track and at 250 meters, just grab a clip from a yeah. barbell and come back. So when he was running, I was watching him run and calculating. Okay, he ran five hundred meters in that time. So, oh my god, that's that's very fast. So, and it, were it you
1: counting work. the reps while you were doing this?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm multitasking. Multitasking,
2: 100%. multitasking <laughs> judge. That's amazing.
0: So, if anyone from CrossFit HQ is listening. I was actually doing my job, okay. I know he did pretty well on this workout, so don't think I, I, I misjudge or anything. I was only thinking that while he was running. I didn't have to count the steps.
2: <laughs> someone, cross, someone from CrossFit is listening, Greg. Oh, oh, what a way! <laughs> oh my God, guy.
1: <laughs> Are you tooting on. your
0: your own horn or? <laughs> no. What a All right. Okay, boys. ladies and gentlemen, Paul Troble is introducing himself. <laughs> Paul
2: is probably that very busy in your podcast, has... guys.
0: That was the best. <laughs> that was the best.
1: So let's talk about what we're doing here in the podcast. So this podcast used to be called Um, and I'm going to say this in Japanese, it used to be called nan kurunaisa. And that's a saying in in Japan, in a specific part of Japan, that basically means it translates to everything is going to be okay. But with the perspective that if you put your effort in the right place and when you take the right decisions, um, you will end up in the right place because the efforts were there. So if you're putting in the effort, then things will be okay. It might not be what you were expecting, but um, all in all, things are okay. So um, we decided to change the name because it's impossible to say, um, but also because our main objective with this podcast is to understand why people are where they are, um, what are the decisions that they took that that allowed them to be where they are, what is it behind the success. So like we see the tip of the iceberg and we're trying to understand what's under the water. Um, so, and it's called walk the mile, right? Because we want to m- walk a mile in a man's shoes, but also I live in the mile which is kind of like a, a, a little clay day to, to that. And, um, also it's a Franklish title because it's like, what's more Canadian than Franklish What's yeah. more... how,
0: how can you be, be more cool than have three French people speaking English on a podcast? That's, that's kind of, that's Paul is great. French? Hey, hey, hey. I'm Paul Tremblay.
1: Paul Tremblay. Very <laughs> French. So, um, Paul, um, for those of you guys who don't know Paul Tremblay, which I would be surprised, but for those of you guys who don't know Paul Tremblay, Paul is a, um perennial games demonstration team athlete <laughs> demo team athlete Paul went to the CrossFit games in 2014 as an individual um and you went to the games also um on a team
2: yeah in 19 two <laughs> for two years
1: for two years Paul did you do two years on the team
2: no, no no we did we did one year in 2012
1: what and it was it was NCR
2: uh, no, it was, uh, we were actually under, the actual affiliate name was CrossFit Ottawa, but it was okay. for Gets you no. Know, yes. You know. yes, Um so,
1: and, and then let's move before that, because there's so many things that I'm going to ask you to kind of tell us what you do. But before all of that, you were a Red Bull crash ice skater. But more importantly, you were a a hockey player and a high-level hockey player, and I don't know hockey very well, so I'll let you kind of explain that. So, tell us a little bit, Paul, about your your parcours, your 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 journey from beginning to where you are now, roughly.
2: Um, Roughly, if if we just talk athletically, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Is this the first episode on Walk the Mile?
1: Absolutely. Yes, it is episode number one.
2: I'm so I'm so honored really we wanted appreciate punch
0: it. it with CrossFit HQ people. <laughs> That's
2: perfect. Uh, and we'll just we'll just make something clear it's CrossFit LLC now not CrossFit HQ. So, um <laughs> This guys impossible. I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> and and it's in Denver um, not in
0: California anymore, all right?
2: Correct, correct. Um, athletically my background is hockey. Uh, you say high level. Um, I just played some junior junior B here in Ottawa. Uh, Nothing crazy, but it was it was fun. I played um, for four years from 17 to 21. And then after that, um, I wasn't good enough to go anywhere else with hockey. So I was done. And um, that's kind of when I found CrossFit. And we we joke about um, Rebel Crush Ice and that was kind of just for fun. But it it got really I I, at one point thought, hey, maybe I could try and make the world tour here. You know, who, who knows? You know, think big. But, uh no that was just when i was uh kind of qualifying through the the regional qualifiers when red Bull crest ice wasn't so international yet and i' got to go to uh K- um, quebec city for the ochaco uh, um for the world championship a couple of times which was really really cool and um I say this all the time it's that one last year i did red Bull crest ice it was during the open in 2013. I did pretty well. I made it to the TV rounds. I was really happy with that, but I fell and I busted up my elbow so bad that I had to, I had to come home and I did, I had to do an open workout with muscle ups. And I remember my elbow was just like, literally like up to here, like it was just a huge lump. And uh, that's when I'm like, Hey, listen, if I actually want to maybe get good at CrossFit or better at CrossFit, I got to stop doing this crazy shit. So that's when, uh, that's when I stopped. Uh, Red Bull crashed ice, but, and, um, so yeah, athletically hockey, a little bit of red bull, but that's when I got into and, um, uh, CrossFit. um, before crossing was just working out at, at a gym for fun with some buddies. And the, the, the cool thing was that I was already working out with people and had kind of that camaraderie feeling. Um, but it was, it was never really connected through the workout itself. It was just like, let's go to the gym. Right. We've all experienced that. Like we go to the gym together with friends and you just kind of do your own thing, but not really and kind of do the same thing, but you're not sure. And and the the CrossFit aspect was like, there was no discussion. It was like, this is the workout that we're doing. We're all going to do it. We're going to do maybe a little bit different here and there, but it's going to be the same type of time domain, same type of movement. And we're just really going to go through it together. So that was, that was the, the, when I, w- I went from just working out to doing CrossFit. Like that was the kind of switch is with my friends and kind of doing the same workout. And this is even before I went to an affiliate, but that's when um, I kind of switched that working out method. So athletically, that's kind of my background leading it to CrossFit.
0: And how did you find CrossFit actually? So I think it's an interesting story saying that by then we're what 2010 or something. So CrossFit was not really a thing in Eastern Canada. So how did you find it? Just by Googling something or?
2: So no, um, and I, I love telling this story too, because I think it's so telling of of what CrossFit can do for its affiliates and the athletes out there. And it's it's the the marketing around the CrossFit games and how important that is to me. And I think to a lot of people as well. I I when I started CrossFit, we were just doing these workouts. The first workout I did was for 20 minutes. We ran to a park, we did five pull ups. 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. We do that for 20 minutes. My buddy was like, "We'll do this. It's our first workout. It's called Cindy." I'm like, "Why is there a name? Who cares? Let's just go do it. This sounds easy." Okay, absolutely smoked me.
0: For and how long after, were you sore after that?
2: Um, very sore. Like I was. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember really. And, Cindy's and the one all, of
0: the worst workouts yeah, to be sore.
2: It's terrible, and it just gets worse and worse as you get fitter. Um. So after that workout, I was like, man, what was that? You know, like, what do you, th- what was this workout? And this guy I worked with, and he's like, it's CrossFit. Here, here's a picture of, of a couple CrossFitters. And he sent me a picture uh, of the podium of 2010. So this was before the games in 2011. But 2010, you had Rich, uh, so, uh, Graham, Holmberg? Graham, Graham Holmberg, Rich, and I think Spieler was on there too, or maybe uh, Hackenbrook. Anyways, I'm not, I don't really remember that. Know your history, but uh don't remember that. Anyways, I saw that picture and I was like, these guys look crazy fit. And if these guys did what I just did and, you know, there's, that, there was no weight in that workout. So I'm like, I was very intrigued. I was like, how are these guys so jacked, look so fit and still, you know, Do just body weight stuff or do rowing and running, and I it just it really intrigued me. And that sort of uh, introduction to CrossFit was really through the game. Um, It was this is a this is a sport. It's a way of 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 molding, working out, and competition together. And obviously, you find out later that it's so much more than that. It's so much more accessible, and it's for everybody. And you know, it's not just a sport. It's a methodology. It's a brand. But I was really really intrigued by the sport aspect of it at first, definitely. And then
1: being intrigued in the sport aspect of it developed your professional career. Because right now, like you said, you're a representative of CrossFit. But tell us a little bit, like, how that translated, how the how your interest in the sport and your partici- participation in the sport translated into a professional career.
2: Um. So basically, like, it was – I loved working out and I loved CrossFit and competing in it. And I honestly, I just wanted to find a way to make a living through CrossFit. And I knew that maybe becoming an athlete and going to the games and winning the games wasn't necessarily going to happen, but I just, I just wanted to be submerged in it. So like how I, I looked at it and I'm like, how can I be, how can I live this? And the the kind of path was, well, I really love the way working out makes me feel. Is there a way that I could help people feel that? And boom, you go through coaching. And I went through my level one and I kind of learned how to coach from there. from there and molded a little bit of my, uh, my interest in the past of wanting to become a teacher potentially, and then bring that into fitness. So that's sort of how, you know, I got into actually coaching. I, and the love of CrossFit led to coaching, and then through there, I just kept competing, and and then I met Reza, Reza Mashkuri, who was my co, co one of my co owners at NCR. and he was basically like, hey, I've been wanting to open up a gym for a while. Do you, you want to do that with me? So at that point, I'm like, yeah, like I'm in. Like let's go. This doesn't seem that hard to start. You know, four walls, couple barbells, couple dudes who are passionate about CrossFit, and let's go with it. Um, so that's that's how I I kind of went to coaching and and owning the affiliate and then from there obviously lot's more happened uh through competing at the games and and getting on seminar staff and meeting the people that I met to to lead me to where I am today but um yeah it, it was more how do I mold passion with uh utility joindre l'utile à l'agréable that was yeah that was definitely the, the route and tell and, me yeah
0: tell me. uh, Sorry, Michelle. Uh, Well, go ahead.
2: I'll go after.
1: Well, my question was, what did you study in?
2: Um, Actually, I studied in finance. So I have a degree in in business uh, specialization in finance at AWU. And so my and I was working at the time when I found CrossFit, I was working for EDC, Export Development Canada, um, in, in the finance world. But very low level entry job you know right out of university and uh, i didn't i wasn't super passionate about it to be honest i didn't really like it um the best part of my job when i was working was that our our bosses were really nice with letting us work out at lunch and spend a little bit more than an hour for lunch to work out so uh, we had a we had a gym downstairs which was really cool and uh, that was the best part of that job um but yeah that's what i studied in and um before getting into crossfit and owning or coaching and all that stuff i i quit school to uh, sorry i quit my job to go back to school to get some accounting credits um to i wanted to maybe write my cma or um i took some legal i took some uh some law classes too i just i was lost i i just didn't really know where i wanted to go with my career and it was just kind of the perfect storm at that point where I met Reza and was like, let's open up a gym and, and start this.
0: So from being an accountant or finance guy or whatever to now an entrepreneur and a coach, there's, there's a lot of different particles in there. Uh, is there something you don't like to do or is there any parts in everything you do now? Cause we're adding, athlete, we're adding a representative now for CrossFit, you know, affiliate owner, coach, these are a lot of different spheres to excel at at the same time. So not that you don't like but that you probably step out of your comfort zone, and you still do and you progress and you say that's probably not uh, what I envisioned that I would do, but I'm still doing it and I'm getting better at it.
2: Yeah, That's a definitely, that's definitely an interesting, interesting question. And it, it, I've, I've thought of this a lot, to be honest, of like what I really enjoyed doing, like, what would, if, if I could just do one thing, what would it be? And the, the answer is workout, (laughs) honestly, workout and compete. I, I, I'm, and this is honest. Okay. And it's always been that. So when, but when I started, it was like, I love working out. I love working out. I love competing. And then I got into coaching and I started, you know, developing a passion for coaching and and helping others and learning more and presenting and, you know, being on L1 staff and that type of learning environment and meeting people. And then after that, or at the same time, it was like owning the affiliate and the business side of things. And, and you, know, you, you kind of, at what point in your transition do you say, or in your journey do you say, this is what I most enjoyed doing? A lot of the time, most of the time it was, I really enjoy working out. And that makes that some of, some of the tasks or some of the things that you're doing, um, make it seem less enjoyable than other things that you're doing. But I, I don't really see it as less enjoyable. I just see it like, these are all things I, I, I really enjoy doing. Um, and maybe if I had a gun in my head, pick one, I'd pick working out. Uh, but you know, it's still all things that, uh, I, I can't say that I, I, there's nothing that I do right now that I don't enjoy. Doing. But let's
0: put it this way. If you, I, if you would have all the money in the world and, um, you, I don't know, you win the lottery and then I say, you have to pick one thing to do for the rest of your life that, I mean, being a dad doesn't count. We're going <laughs> to come to this later, but I mean, I think you and I, and also Michelle, the three of us are have the brains, our brains are channeled the same way. We're multitasking people and we can't really do only one thing and pick pick up and do one thing at a time. I mean, I have a coffee company. Uh, I do my media stuff. I have this podcast with Michelle. Michelle has her own company she trains uh, she well companies shall I say and she looked at me one day and said, hey uh, we should do this podcast together this could be cool and uh, I mean I already did the list of what you're doing. Do you think you could be able to focus on only on only one thing? even if so, if that, that that one thing is working out.
2: Yeah that journey brings me to today where yes I still absolutely love working out but do not ask me to work out longer than 45 minutes. <laughs> so your question is, would you still want to just work out? The only thing you do is work out. The answer is no. Cause the, the, the there's a, there's a different mindset that I have now uh, that I didn't have back then or when I started, when really the passion was working out uh, and competing. So uh, it would not be working out. What would I do? Uh, Oh, man, that's a great question. I don't even know if I have an answer to that, but
0: I, I cannot answer that question. I'm I'm sure Michelle yeah. cannot answer it as well.
2: I, but it's all to say that, like, you know, still the passion is working out, but I've found other things in life that I can do uh to mold all that together. And it brings it back to it was it brings it back to working out and, and owning an affiliate or getting into CrossFit joints à la It's still that. Like I still want to be able to 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 have that passion for exercise and fitness um and and spread it to others. And now I'm I'm I've kind of you know been put in a role that I can do that on a larger scale. And that to me is 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 awesome, is incredible.
1: I wanna I wanna get to know Paul a little bit more and and go back, back a ways and try and get you to reflect on if there's anything that in your life that you felt was a remarkable moment that either you can identify as a pivotal moment in your life, like at this point I realized so-and-so, or if there was a moment in your life where you realized like, no, this is not what I want or anything like that. And it could be professionally, could be like anything, something that you saw, a person that you met. Like is when you think back, do you, do you see that? Do you see that the person the situation um, or or the culture that geared you to where you are now?
2: Yes. Yeah. I don't know if my dad's going to like this one though. Oh, but here we come. Uh, <clears throat> no, no, it's not that bad. It's just, it's, it's and I I've, I've talked with my dad about this one and my parents and it's a, it's a moment I remember really really well. And I think back at this moment, and I don't know how it's impacted me. maybe one day when i'm when I'm older and I talk to someone that and they'll they'll help me figure out what it meant. but it was uh, he was driving me to school and this was in I was in grade 12, so last year of uh, high school and we had to apply for university. And I was we were talking about how what I would apply for. So I still didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, like a lot of people in high school, right? And I was like, we were talking, like, you know, I could become a teacher. It could be cool. Maybe a phys ed teacher or a history teacher. I really enjoy history. Um, and I really liked it when I was younger as well. Read a lot about it and, um, and still love geography, history, all that stuff. So I remember thinking that and, and he was the one actually who said, have you ever thought of, of business? Have you ever thought of going and getting a business degree and specializing in, in finance? And, I remember him saying, "Like you're not that good at math, but I mean, it's not complicated math." <laughs> my my dad's an engineer, so he's always said, "Like finance is, is it's not that's not complicated math. <laughs> like you 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 can manage that." Um. So and that moment, like literally, I went to school that day and I applied for business school. And and it's you know it can mean a lot of things. It can mean that my dad's opinion is is very important to me. It's very uh, uh, it means a lot, right? But that was a, that was one of the moments I think was 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 big in in terms of how to decide what to study. Um, yeah, that's a moment.
1: <laughs> that's a very precise moment. That's good. Yeah, because sometimes we realize like um, um, we realize things not like oh yeah this is this in this relationship I realize that this is what I wanted to be but sometimes you meet people that make you realize or you you're in a situation that make you realize like okay, this is not how I want to be. And then you go in another direction. Um, so it's always, I always like to know these things because it's these these connecting points in our lives. Like you make a decision when you're 15 or I don't know how old you are at the end of high school in uh, Ontario. How old are you? Like 16, 17. 17. You make a decision when you're 17 that is based on the positive impact your father had, which is made you kind of you you made a mistake and you had the guts to, to get yourself out of that mistakes and and do something that you really felt more uh, inclined to do so it's very interesting trajectory you know um yeah. and your father did that because he's like well my kid is is charismatic is this is that and this is probably the best safe safest position that he can be in where he could you know he can move on and meant Those those uh those are big important decisions that no matter how much you get influenced right by the people around you, you have to live those mistakes for yourself. You have to you have to go through that yourself. It's like I always compare those kinds of situations like like smokers. Like you can't convince a smoker to quit. The the smoker is gonna quit when he's ready to quit. He or she is ready Mm -hmm. to quit. But so you went through that um finance and how easy or how hard was it to make the decision to leave that world because there is a lot of pressure right in the finance world there's a lot of pressure about about it um being successful making money like it's it's very high performance right and you're in another kind of high performance world like how hard was it to leave that that world
2: um it it wasn't like i wasn't in the the finance world in, in the sense of sales or or you know investing in the market or anything like that i was we're basically uh, a lending company for Canadian okay. companies that want to export exporters things like that. So it was I wasn't in a, in a crazy like finance uh, environment, uh, but there was definitely you know that that sense of you're you're always kind of thinking about your career and what's the next move, right? Exactly. Always looking exactly. to exactly. go out, Yeah. Yeah. Always looking. So and. Um, and to be honest, like I applied for a few jobs internally and just, and didn't get them. And they were, they were sales jobs. They were like account manager jobs. And I remember like being pretty down about it. Um, and I thought that I I was, you know, a, a good candidate for that. And I didn't get them. So I was almost like, I, I not discouraged, but I was like, where am I going here? You know, if, should I, should I try and find something else? Is this really what I want to do? Um, and as, as, again, that, those are conversations that I was having with my parents, with my dad and, and, um he always always stressed the education so it's like his, his answer was always if you don't know what to do just go study
0: <laughs> well he's like, not wrong in a way yeah, yeah if you
2: yeah. if you don't know what to do go learn go learn something and then you'll you'll know either if you really like it or if you don't want, want to do it anymore so his and the same kind of mentality was with the when i was in high school it's like well Try whatever you decide to do. Just go do it and 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 do it as best you can, like. Kill it, destroy it, and then you'll you'll know if you really like it or not. Mm. Um, so in, in that same field, it was, hey, if you don't really like this, what else could you do? I don't really know. Go back to school. So I went back to school uh, for accounting and, and did some law stuff. Um, but that moment was, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't that hard to be honest. It was, I I didn't want to be there forever. So it was like an easy,
0: was not on the courage thing that Michelle was saying, I mean, you, you still found something that was a passion and you decided to make it a career, which is when this passion is actually working out and doing CrossFit at a moment where CrossFit was not a some kind of big business kind of thing, you know, um, did you see it as a courage move or just going where you, you know, your passion led you, you just said, you know, this is what I want to do. I'm going to make a passion, my, my passion a living. And uh, now here you are. It seems like all the right moves were made. And I, I remember, you know, seeing you in early days, competition like regionals 2013, 2014, you qualified for the games. Then uh, I saw you were kind of a training partner and good friend to Rich Froning and then getting into, uh, you know, this CrossFit HQ, uh, I'll say bubble, because I think there's a a a few people that uh, are were trusted at the time uh, by Dave Castro. So you were like Michelle said, perennial uh, demo team athlete. Um, So, yeah, was it just a courage thing or for you you just went blindly into this?
2: Um, Honestly, I think it was blind. And I think a lot of affiliate owners, when they start a gym, we're just blinded by passion and blinded by it's going to be fine. Like we love this. We love CrossFit. And it's, there was, there was, you know, some thought to it and some obviously budgeting and projections and understanding how much money you have to bring in to pay your bills and pay yourselves and, but it's uh, I don't remember having that feeling like, oh, are we going to make it? you know And I don't think a lot of affiliate owners have that when they start because it's it's all started through passion. So and did, did we have a lot of courage or did think it was it was courage? No, it was it was literally blinded by passion, I think. And for us, it turned out like like it does for a lot of affiliate owners. And it, it has to start there. I, I think if it doesn't start with that and you're not blinded by that passion, then I don't know if you're gonna make it. I don't know if you're getting the many, right reasons.
1: Well, there there's a lot of difficulties in any entrepreneurial challenge, and anyone who doesn't have the sense that that's not gonna to happen to me are gonna be deterred by all the negative things that can happen. Like, I think that's kind of normal. Yeah, I agree with you. But,
0: for me having a business is just like having a child it's uh you want to do it you want to have it you're like yeah okay. this is going to be awesome but what i don't know
2: you don't have kids Rick. no i don't
0: know <laughs> no, no, no. but what what i mean there if i i, I have to finish hey, my you, idea if you, there
2: if you start comparing kids to dogs i'm out i'm out <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no my, my point was You know, I I own a business. I I own Deca, but I I didn't start Deca from scratch. I started my coffee business from scratch. And, you know, I enjoy every step of the way. It's been four years now and we're finally at the point where we're like, hey, we built this legit company, this legit business. And when I look back at it, if you ask me if I knew what, what I was getting into, even though I enjoyed everything, I would have never done it. And it, it's probably the same thing as being a parent. Uh, I mean, well, you have three kids for soon. Uh, you're like, yeah, I, I at first, probably your first kid, you were like, yeah, I I, I want to be a dad. I want I, you know, I want to live this experience. You enjoyed every step of the way. But when you look back at it, you're like, Jesus, what did I get myself into? And everything I oh, yeah. did. Um, without regretting it, it's just something that, yeah. it's so much work and you don't, you don't know what you're getting into, but you still do it. Do you,
1: I have a question regarding all of this, and this is really interesting because knowing what you know now, everything, knowing what you know now, where you are, how happy you are, how unhappy you are, um, what it took to get there, the mistakes, the successes, would you change anything?
2: Um, no. No, because anything that, that changes something, look, yeah, I, I'll tell you a real answer. Yes. There's one thing that I look back on my, on whatever, my athletic career is like, I wish I would have gone to the games more. Like that's, that's the only thing really that I look back on. like in 2015, I came really close and like 2016 again. And I just, you know, beating myself up and it was to, to train hard for it and not qualify every year was like, you know i i feel like it would i could have done uh different things if i would have you know been more of a of a perennial games athlete instead of a perennial demo team athlete having said that obviously everything <laughs> everything happens you know i if if i qualify in 2015 i don't have my kids you know so it's like everything every decision and things are are different and, and they affect everything differently but uh, that's definitely one thing like athletically. Definitely. I would have liked to achieve more as an athlete. I don't. Feel well, aren't like you a degree.
1: master's soon? <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> is it this I, year you're a master's?
2: No, next, next year. Come on. This year. I'm still going to mess up some 20 year olds in the open. Don't worry. <laughs> by but, the way, <laughs> by the way,
0: I, I just want to say this, by the way, Michelle is going to turn, if I'm not mistaken, Michelle is going to turn masters tomorrow
2: whoa yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah and so, so michelle you're a masters this year you should sign up for the open
0: no she's uh oh. she's an iron can i <laughs> say iron I woman
1: iron woman no um i thought about doing the open this year but the problem is is that since i've signed up for the iron man i haven't done crossfit in six months and it's a decision that I took because emotionally, it's something that I kind of put aside because of the stress of COVID, because of the stress of the gym. And there's a, there, like, I like to do sport and I felt like I needed to do a sport that didn't have all the emotional attachment as CrossFit does. So I decided to kind of put that aside for now. And so if I were to do the open now, I don't think it would be responsible. <laughs> I don't think it would be a responsible decision for my health and wellness,
2: you can do, do the uh you can do the foundations you know you saw the the different categories i'll i'll, I'll send you a code yeah. okay. okay okay what's we'll the see.
0: foundation now i'm getting curious
2: um we, we don't have a whole lot of detail on it yet but it's uh it's just a different category in the open and it's really to promote basically uh inclusiveness that anybody who who uh who wants to do the open can do it whether or not they've been doing crossfit for a long time or not and um you know we we're, we're, we're hopeful that affiliate owners can use that category as almost like a selling point and a marketing point for for people that can walk off the street and just try crossing right away and sign up for the open boom.
1: <laughs> I have a question actually the, What's up? this this um, so so when you were young, you were Paul, you have three kids almost four now coming up four. You have three brothers and sisters, right? And they yes. all have four kids. Oh yeah. And you're a Tremblay, and anyone who knows anyone who's from Quebec or around <laughs> Quebec knows that Tremblays are notorious breeders. Um,
0: <laughs> Stallions.
2: That that or other like less less cool things years and years ago. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> so 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 tell me, do you think that that upbringing? Because um, you're one of four, right? Or one of five, one of four.
2: One right? of four. I said four. I'm the of four, yeah.
1: Do you, do you think that that fed your competitive um, personality? Like, are all your brothers and sisters competitive like that? Because, so my father is one of 19 and my father is hyper competitive like my father's goal when he does sport is to beat other people like my goal is to be better his goal is to beat other people and i'm curious is is your competitive drive does that stem from when you were young like hey i want to be heard
2: <laughs> um i don't think so to be honest because i was i was much younger than my uh, my siblings much i was i was 4 years younger than the closest one so I'm, okay. I'm the youngest of four and they're, they're always kind of older than me. I never had a sense of competition with my brother because he was just six years older. So it was always a sense of ad- admiration and just, I wanted I want to be like him. It was, I never thought I could beat him, you know, until I got a little bigger and, and stronger and then, <laughs> uh, things changed a little bit, but uh, I don't think it stems from that. Um, uh, really. It, and, and my siblings are competitive people. I honestly don't even think that I consider myself this ultra crazy competitive person uh, because I don't think, I don't think I am in every aspect of life. You don't, you don't, you disagree.
1: I disagree because I think that people don't, I think I've thought about this a lot because I've always refused to say that I was competitive. And then everyone around me is like, wow, you're really competitive. So I kind of figured out that I was,
0: there are two breeds of people who refuse to admit they are who they are. And competitive people—they're always like, "I'm not that competitive." No, I, <laughs> I just—I just want to cook better than you. I just want to run faster. I just no. So we're all this way, and I think the three of us are competitive people and stressed out people. They're like always going, you know, here and there, left yeah. and right, running, and they're no, no, I'm not. I'm not a stressed person. I mean, y- yes, you are, dude like calm, chill out.
1: <laughs> yeah definitely so okay so that's good like that's good to know and but you said something that kind of I'm very curious about um is there anyone in your life Paul that you've idolized that you kind of looked up to in a in a positive way one or yeah. many people
2: yeah yeah definitely my dad uh my dad and uh I would say my brother too I feel bad not saying my sisters but you know I I do idolize them too don't worry if they listen to this but you know I had a relationship with my brother growing up that, that was uh, and still to this day like um, that that's very special to me I think and uh, I can really honestly say that my siblings are my best friends and I talk to them every day so it's that, that I think is really cool. And that's what I think that's what's really brought us to want to recreate almost the same upbringing that we had. Um, we just so yeah, so yeah. And the competition aspect, I think you're right a little bit. Like, I, I kind of just want to go for a fifth kid just to say that I beat them. Um, and I just, I kind of have to get Sarah on board with that and then we'll see. But she's the same. Definitely my dad and my brother, and still to this day. And and when we opened up the gym, uh, they were definitely the ones that I, I turned to for mentorship and uh, advice. Um, and and that's just business-wise, but uh, even on a personal level, like with with everything, getting this job and and every decision that I make, it's uh, it's a FaceTime with my dad or with my brother. Um, so definitely, them I've, I've looked up to a lot. Um, there's there's also people in the CrossFit world that that I've looked up to a lot, um, both athletically and on the business side. I looked up to Alba a lot, especially when I started. You know, he was the guy to beat. And uh, when I got to know him, at first it was you know I want to beat this guy. So right away your your instinct is not I'm, I want to be his friend. It's, I want to beat him. And when I got to know him, I was like, Hey, I want, I want to be this guy, but like, he's a really cool dude and we can get along. (laughs) And so we, we became really good friends. And I, you know, I always admired his, uh, his way of, of just being super fit without being overly super fit or showing it, you know, he was just a very, he's just just a quiet, unassuming, uh, hardworking fit guy. And he wasn't, flashy about it. And it, it just I just thought he always embodied kind of what CrossFit actually is. And it's not the specialist. It's just, he's just really good at everything and he works fucking hard. So that's someone that I looked up to um, on that sense. And I have other friends too in the, in the, in the, the world of CrossFit, I think of, I, Austin Aliolo look up to him a lot. Like he started a lot of businesses, a lot of gyms and, and he's, you know, worked his way in, in the CrossFit ladder. And I've worked really closely with Dave as well, and uh, the way that he runs the CrossFit Games and on an event level, um, you know, I've I been I've been able to see behind the curtain. I've been you know at the table at his meetings and uh, his leadership in that sense, um, you know, really behind the scenes stuff is really impressive. So that's someone else that I've looked up to. Um, but those are are less those are from further apart, right? For like from afar but really from close, my, my dad and my brother, for sure. That's really cool.
0: Paul, um, what's next for you professionally. And uh, I mean, you're that kind of guy that always looks on the next move. You might not recognize it, but y- you your fourth kid is not even born and you're talking about a fifth one. So that brings <laughs> me a bell that, I mean, even though you're an affiliate owner, super fit dad, you're uh overall good dude, you do your stuff, uh, and now you're CrossFit Canada's representative. Is that country manager? Uh whatever you you have the uh awful time working with Danielle Chafe. It's yeah, uh, yeah. it must be hell working with this guy all day. Yeah. Hi Dan. Oh crazy. <laughs> so Enjoy. what's next for you? Did did you set a goal to still go forward or are you just just comes as you go, you, you, you know, you're going to go up the ladder of life and professional career.
2: Um. Yeah. So right now what's next is like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in what was next. Uh, and, and I'm not really thinking that long-term uh, really it's just, I'm, I'm in this new role. I need to submerge myself in it and I need to understand it as best I can so I can do it as best I can. So, uh, professionally, I'm in it right now. Um, it's country manager. Yeah, you had it right. And it's just basically, I need to be um, the link between the affiliates, the link between the athletes, the education and um, the the sport aspect of CrossFit between Canada and CrossFit Home Office. So um, my job is to represent the affiliates and the athletes and and really just bring more communication, more clarity to to them as to what CrossFit is doing. So right now that's the job. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's been it's been really cool for the first month to be honest, because um, I've never really had a real job, you know. Or uh, <laughs> I, honestly, like it's it just it's never been uh, you know my real job before CrossFit. It was kind of an entry level job, like I said. So and that's like 12 years ago, so I don't remember. And then I just ran a gym for for. 10 years almost so it's a real job and it's and it's a real task and there's a there's a real good work to be done um and obviously through the last year and a couple of years of, of crossfit uh it's been tough and and we're just really looking to to build uh to rebuild if not um what what we started so uh that's what that's kind of what i'm in professionally uh, so obviously still want to grow crossfit ncr grow it to as big as we can um, and personally, I just want to you know, grow these, grow these kids and, and, uh, see them, see them succeed.
1: <laughs> What's the name of your daughter again? Sienna. Sienna. Well, is going to be a tough cookie. Oh, she is
2: your, and your, already.
1: Your second, your fourth one, you guys don't know yet if it's a boy or a girl.
2: We don't know. Yeah. We're going in blind. We found out for the first three and then, um, we're like, let's, let's not find out. What's the due date? I think, yeah. Um, uh, May 31st. Nice.
1: Well, I have to say, um, Paul, it's been so great talking to you. It's always fun talking to you. I think that CrossFit, um, I had lost hope for a while and, uh, in the last six months, I think, uh, the changes they've made and the people they've put in place have inspired a lot of confidence. And I can't really think of another person that would do the job of country matter better than you. So you are not only fun to talk to, but I think CrossFit affiliate owners and soon to be or aspiring affiliate owners are lucky to have someone like you to, to talk to. And, um, and uh, yeah, I'm really, really proud and happy for you. Like you, I think that, um, to, uh, I see you a little bit like many CrossFit people. It's like you go with the flow and somehow you always know where to turn. And there you are. And so yeah, congratulations on everything.
2: Thank you. It's Thanks a lot for having me. I, I'm I'm really happy how this went, honestly. I it was <laughs> it was all the interviews that I'm doing right now or podcasts, is like we talk about the job and what what I'm doing and like this was uh, this was cool. This was cool. Yeah, it's good to know. It got me thinking about other
0: things, you know. We kind of like to uh, go w- walk a different mile. I'll say it this way: it's uh, <laughs> you know, there's sometimes like CrossFit podcasts. We all go into the same kind of questions, but Michelle and I, when we launched it as at first, I mean, undeniably, we're going to have a lot of CrossFit people in here because of what we do, because of Michelle's career and and mine too in media. So, um, but we realized that we don't really know people behind the athletes so yeah i mean uh behind
1: the spotlight yeah,
0: yeah exactly so uh and i mean I, i'm gonna join what michelle was saying from the the word in the street right now everyone's super happy paul was the man for the job to represent canada so um yeah i i think you're as much as eric rosa is bringing hope to the community uh right now i think you are uh representing that in uh in canada and we were making jokes about dan chefe but I, I i saw this this guy working in france what he was doing at french throwdown and uh it, it, what he did with this country was i mean incredible so to have him lead now all the country managers in the world same thing for ollie uh also in the uk and ireland so i mean seeing all of these of these guys leading uh, a new a new era for CrossFit. I think it, it makes me smile. And uh it, it's not, nothing against uh uh what we saw in the past, but I think that we can um have a, have a big growth coming and um get get everyone on board to to make, make people fitter and healthier in uh yeah on Earth.
2: I agree and, and if I just leave you with this like what you're what you're talking about internationally like JP what they've what they've done in in uh France, like they've seen some crazy growth and it's just because they've been really with the community and they've really connected everybody within that community through education, through, you know, affiliate gatherings, through competitions and all that stuff. And, and that's what I'm really hoping to bring. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to make myself as accessible as possible, and I'm answering to everyone who who reaches out and wants to talk. So, um, I know you guys have a lot of Quebec uh, listeners, but, you know on français aussi and uh you know I how I do wanna... they sorry
1: how do they reach you how what's the best way to connect with paul
2: so we're trying to get as many channels as possible so we're we're gonna have the Facebook group we have the instagram uh that you can contact me on but my email is paul at crossfit.com. and that's the best way to reach me direct line and uh i i, I i'm kind of figuring out how to do this job at the same time. So I need feedback. I need to hear what the affiliates are feeling. I need to to see if they're happy, if they're unhappy, if they want different things, if they want more support, less support, I just need to hear it all. So hit me up. Cool. Well, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, and uh, for anyone who doesn't have uh, Paul's phone number, it's, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Paul. We're going to let you do, uh, what you got to do. I'm sure your agenda is uh, pretty full and, uh, thanks, man.
2: Cool. Thank you a guys.